Welcome to Buy and Build, the podcast about buying a business and building in public. Uncover the wins and losses as we renovate our business together. Come along for the ride. Now, here are your hosts of Buy and Build, Nicholas Scalp and Daryl Lim. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy here, Daryl, with Buy and Build Podcast here with co-host Nicholas Scalf. Sorry, we've been gone for a really long time. We literally ghosted you like every Tinder date I've ever had, and we're really sorry for it, but we've been going through a lot. I don't know, Nick, but I went through COVID. I got Omicron, Omicron Percy 7, and uh, we closed down the business. So we're going to tell you the full story of everything that happened uh, during Christmas and January here to let you know what happened with our business. Nick, how are you doing? Oh man, I'm doing good. And, and you know, I, I know we, we ghosted, but I think we just have to call us a season two, right? It's uh it's more of a gift than a consequence. Welcome back. Starting all <laughs> new, fresh, ready to go. I guess that's a nice way of saying, Hey, we've ghosted you all, but, uh, <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, um, just leading into the story, uh, Nick and I first started this podcast because we wanted to go out there. We want to buy a business, build in public. We didn't actually do the greatest jobs of doing that, but we're going to give you literally the behind the scenes of what happened here through the past 11 months, uh, how much we paid for it, how many members there are, what opportunities we saw, what the failures were, and kind of connect with you to let you know, like, our experience. Nick and I have both built businesses uh, individually. We've gone through that experience. So that's something that we can compare as well. And um, yeah, we'll kind of share our thoughts on the process. Yeah. And it, I mean, just to give people a little bit of insight, I mean, we have a, a full page with like all the numbers written out and like the timelines for all of this. So, it, you know, it's I think the goal here is uh, as much transparency as we could possibly muster. Yeah. I mean, why not? It doesn't exist anymore anyways. <laughs> What's there to lose? <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, starting from the beginning, uh, back in February 2021, actually, no, let's start with January 2021. Um, Nick and I, as long with another partner, a silent partner, I don't know, do we want to name him? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> we can that, just call him not. Jordan. He knows. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. All right. So we got a third partner. We all uh, put in together. Uh, we originally met in the group about all access pass to do a Sean Perry. And we decided, hey, you know, they have this contest going on. We ended up getting uh, Daniel Scott Mitchell on our podcast. And, you know, that contest was actually the inspiration to why we decided to buy a business because we were like, you know, we can afford to buy a business. Why not just go do it? So, of course, we jumped with two feet in. Uh, January, we started negotiating, looking for different businesses. Finally, we closed the deal. Uh, we had the business starting February 2021. It was a small yoga and fitness company based out of California, and we bought it from MicroQuire. And MicroQuire itself has gone through many evolutions in this whole process, which has been insane. Like Nick, have you seen any updates from MicroQuire lately? 
yeah man i keep up with it it's it's pretty nuts they've they've integrated with every major like up-and-coming SaaS company that have been like oh if you go work there you're gonna be rich you'll be a millionaire if you go work at uh you know whatever uh main street or pipe or any of those where you're like this is really cool and it's only value add to everyone like they're just they're working with all of them yeah and so we were kind of there at the infancy when it was not as big it wasn't as popping off um so we actually got in kind of at a good time because we you know if we bought this today the price would probably be way higher than what we purchased for we bought we were able to negotiate this down a little bit and we bought the business for about nine thousand dollars us so at the time it had about 150 members it had like a uh, women's ultimate frisbee team it had a netflix studio that was involved so we actually had a good base of customers and the reason we decided to jump in on this opportunity is one we wanted to start a business together we wanted to learn about the whole experience um, but we saw opportunity in what they were doing for marketing because they weren't actually doing a lot of it. You know, one of their main modes of generating customers at the time was through their current teachers. Some of them were influencers or quote unquote micro influencers, and they were bringing people on board. Um, what did you think about the experience, Nick? Yeah, it was, it was definitely, you know, like we hit the ground running from the beginning and I think all of us looked at this and went like, that's a great business. Like you have recurring revenue, right? You have a, a very like flaky stream of new customers, which means, you know, if you haven't put in a lot of work to developing new ways of getting customers, there's a lot of green space to run in. Um, yes. One thing I do, I do want us to note is, uh, Daryl, I think you and I had talked like five or six times before we decided to buy a business. You know, so like when we say we met through this group, it was like we met under the context of, hey, does anyone want to buy a business? I'd be down. Let's check it out. Okay, cool. Let's hop on a call. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny because I think, yeah, I posted in the general chat, got a few inquiries here and there, and it, it wasn't even like uh, a reply back. It was like an emoji. Like I said, hey, if you're interested, <laughs> put a thumbs up. And so we got maybe five people who put a thumbs up. And then we got into a little group. And then as we were talking in that group of five people, there was like, I don't know, maybe like 12, 15 people who started gradually being, oh, I'm interested. I'm interested. Yeah. But it just, just took a while. And then eventually it just bled off to like, yeah, you and I just doing it because it, it just made the most sense that you and I were doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very interesting scenario. Never done something like that in my life. Um, not sure if you have or not, but... Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> gotta say it's my first time yeah so my question there is during that first little chunk do you have any uh any big takeaways or lessons you've learned there takeaways um you mean in terms of like our experience of partnering and like getting involved together or yeah yeah i, I mean like listen you bought a business with basically a complete stranger you know yeah um <laughs> do you have any any best practices when you find yourself in a, a situation like that or or any yeah, just any takeaways from there? I'd say like the biggest thing is understanding who your partners are, are and what they bring to the table. Um, if you understand what they can bring and they bring something different than you can, I think you're a good fit for partners because, mm -hmm. you know, when we first started, I actually didn't even know you were a developer. You know, that, <laughs> that was so dumb of me. Like I should have known, but I was also thinking who's going to be in this group who's a salesperson. So, mm -hmm. you know, when we got a lot of our guests on board, 
uh, and we talk to them on the podcast, we'd often say, oh yeah, like, you know, Nick's a developer, I'm a sales guy. And they're like, oh, that's a perfect combination. <laughs> so like we accidentally stumbled into something where it made sense. But if you were to go out there and do your own due diligence, DD, or do your own research, D-Y-O-R, uh, all of our crypto terms, um, you want to make sure that you know who you're partnering with, what they bring to the table, maybe even some past history. You know, like I know that you were working at Patreon or you were working at, you know, a few of these companies where I'm like, okay, you, you have a good backing uh, history in what you're doing. I think you kind of trusted me because I wrote that story about my other business dimensions, how it kind yeah. of blew up from, you know, taking action and actually doing it. So I think it helps to know someone's backstory, understand what they're good and what they're not good at. And then at the same time, some things just come with experience, you know, like we don't know fully how we're going to work together. Uh, it's just that experience, but knowing that really we didn't spend a lot to get the business in the first place. I think that was a good testing ground for us to understand, engage each other. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I think also a big part of that is, you know, we, we like hopped on a call and had a conversation and, you know, we got along well and, yeah. you know, we, we met each other in a context where it kind of eased the effort of like, both of us were paying for this group. Like we had like real buy-in and we were both active in that group. Um, you know, it, it goes a long way to already be part of a group when you meet versus just being like strangers. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, let's get into the first few months here. So we bought the business, we got going, we got members. So the first order of business that we did was um, we got together with the teachers. We let them know like, hey, we're going to be taking over the business. Um, so that was kind of an interesting time because um, we had to basically just jump, jump in right away and figure out what was going on. So you got to know the teachers, we set up individual one-on-one -on -one meetings, understood how the platform worked. Most of it was built on WordPress, on Zoom, uh, a membership portal background, which I forgot what it was. Um, but there were things that were also missing from the platform, which we were able to get, which this is one thing that I can look back and appreciate that we did do was we did some research on our customers by talking to them. Uh, specifically like our corporate clients is saying, Hey, you know, it's uh, Nick and Daryl here. We're reaching out because we're the new owners. Now we're really appreciate you being on board. Uh, we'd love to set a time to meet with you over zoom and just discuss how things are going and you know, what are your feelings on things? And so we were able to do that with our uh, Netflix animation studio. They were really actually happy with the program and the, the application but they were saying that there are certain things missing, like they were missing uh, on-demand videos, um, you know, certain things like that, that helped the business a lot. I think if you're buying a business, you want to do that market research to understand like what's missing here, what can make your platform better. And that's one thing that I'm really glad that we did do, because if you're starting a business from scratch or you're buying a business, that's one of the things that you need to know. You need to know your customer, you didn't know what's missing. How can you improve that? And uh, a lot of times we get wrapped up in either buying or just starting a business and saying, oh, whatever, you know, I know what they want. No, you have to ask and you have to talk to them. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I, I think a big thing there is I would also try and talk to them before you buy a business. 
before you, you know, pay a developer to build the thing for you, or you go spend X amount of hours building some site, you know, go talk to people who you think are your customers or who already are customers of the business. And, you know, before you spend any time or money on it, see if, if your understanding of the problem is what their understanding of the problem is. Yeah, for sure. So one of the other big reasons why we decided that we wanted to purchase this business is, you know, for one, it was the middle of the pandemic. So we're thinking, Hey, you know, people are going to want to work at out, out at home. I know personally, I was uh, stuck. I couldn't go to the gym. Uh, things were going to eventually open up. We all knew that, but we thought that was a perfect opportunity to transition people into that. And at the same time, there was an opportunity with, uh, a company called FabFitFun. In case people are not familiar with it, it raised $183 million. It's one of those subscription boxes where you sign up for it and you get this little package every quarterly for paying anywhere from $50 to like $200. And so our the original owner of the company had set up a meeting and said, hey, you know, there's a potential partnership with FabFitFun. They might want to use... Uh, Classcast as the online platform for doing fitness and yoga, but they'll they'll make a product for you and promote your brand, and that instantly made us perk up because we were thinking, oh wow, look at this opportunity is huge. I mean, even the original owner thought that this was an opportunity too, where he actually negotiated it as part of the deal, saying, you know, if there's revenue that comes from this, I want this as part of the future. And so we, we kind of negotiated that and said, okay, you know, you, you were able to connect with them and start this process. And that's something new to me. I, I hadn't really set up corporate partnerships like that before, but I think in moving forward that that is something that I would be interested in trying to figure out in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and that was probably one of the biggest points for us because, you know, it, it was a you know an okay business by the fundamentals, just the numbers, but it also came with like this baked in like potential upside. Yeah, and when we say the company was okay, um, you know we were probably generating anywhere from eight hundred and nine hundred dollars in revenue per month, but because of the cost of paying all your teachers to show up for all the classes, we we're in the arrears probably like couple hundred bucks, like four or 500 bucks. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we didn't really think that was a big deal because we all have jobs. We know that this is a process and it takes time to grow. Um, you know, like we mentioned before, we saw opportunity with this business in marketing because there was no advertisement that were run before. So, you know, when we first started this, uh, after we got acclimated and we got to know the teachers, we talked to FafaFun and discussed things, we started running advertisements. That's the natural thing to do. You know, everyone we've talked to, they're like, just run ads, see what kind of engagement that you get. So we started trying to run um, some social media ads directly to sign up, uh, but they didn't turn out the way we thought, you know, so we kind of had to pivot. We couldn't send them directly to our site. And some reasons why it might not have worked as well is because, um, you know, with, with these type of companies, you have to convince someone to do something. You have to convince someone to do something healthy. And I think that's one of the hardest things uh, is to convince someone to 
work out and try something when maybe they don't want to. They want the quick fix. They want the pill that is a diet pill. They want the, they might not even want to diet. They just want something that <laughs> a quick fix right away. And they want things that are free. So, you know, yeah, we kind yeah. of, well, and that's the thing. We had to convince them to do two things. We had to convince yeah. them to want to work out and also pay us for the privilege to go work out. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I mean, you can you can push it as much as you want. You can run as much ads as you want. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing is maybe we didn't cover the right demographic when we were doing this. And that's something we'll get into a little bit more. But, um, you know, we, when we ran the advertisements, we transitioned to building an email list and we did that through like a free five-day challenge and the, the five-day challenge actually worked pretty well. We had a list of maybe 400 people subscription, uh, cost was maybe like 30 or 40 cents, but we just didn't understand. How do you even do this? How do you convince someone in an email to come sign up and pay for you? And that's another thing in itself that we didn't fully understand was the copywriting of emails. And I think, uh, you know, what Nick is doing now, he's working with uh, crypto and he's writing his own articles. And that's something that he's getting used to as well. And we understand the importance of like writing. And that's something I didn't really understand. How hard it is, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's so much harder than, you know, you start off and you're like, yeah, we'll write an article. And then like, you know, you're three hours into rewording the same paragraph and you're like, I don't know how to write anymore. What the hell is going on? Like, what has happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we built up that list and, you know, everybody says, you know, that list is like gold. You can turn that into money. So we tried it. We were able to build up a list, which is awesome. Like we haven't really had a ton of experience building up lists. So we kind of tried that here and there. We weren't as active or consistent as we should have been, which we probably should have been. That would have helped a lot. Um, but the other thing that we tried is, you know, we were literally trying to try anything to see what stuck to the wall. We also tried accountability coaching. And if you out there are your fans of My First Million, you probably heard about this idea. And this idea came from a company. Well, first of all, I think it came from Ben because Ben was using a sleep coach because he couldn't go to sleep because he had a baby. But then uh, I think Sam was talking about the company's future where they're using personal trainers and, you know, they pay a monthly fee and then they get this online trainer and they can talk to them. And we thought, Hey, this is a good idea. Maybe we can try it out and see what happens. So we reached out to some of our current members and we said, Hey, you know, we're doing a, a test run with this to see what the reaction is, what your results are. And crazy enough, it actually worked. We had five members sign up. We got them to pay 50 bucks a month. Um, we got our intern to actually contact them five days in the week. And there was a girl who said she lost 10 pounds. <laughs> I couldn't even believe it. And so if there's anyone out there who's listening and you want to start a business, accountability coaching, it works. <laughs> like It's awesome, man. And it, it makes sense, right? You know, the like if we really boil down the idea of like group fitness, it's just accountability, right? You're you're gonna push harder if like you have the accountability of other people in the room with you and a coach. Um, really, what we were doing was like group accountability, and yeah. this seems like a, a much more pure version of that. Yeah, I hear you. 
So, um, you know, just looking back, we tried a whole bunch of different stuff from like keeping it status quo the way that it was, um, adding accountability coaching, adding new teachers. We just did, we tried a lot of different things. Um, so maybe now we'll, we'll get into like what actually went wrong. What are the things that happened? So, um, you know, again, we tried our main mode of marketing was we tried to use Facebook ads and it didn't really generate a direct return. And that was kind of a humbling experience because I had a lot of success with Facebook ads. I ran them for a few different businesses, always got a good return, but this one didn't do that. And so, you know, it was, it was kind of hard to try and figure out, you know, what was the thing that was missing here? What, what could we do to make this better? And I think personally for me, you know, I didn't fully ingrain myself in the company brand because I always felt like it was someone else's brand that we took over. And that's a hard thing to like overcome, you know, mm-hmm. for all those people who are buying businesses out there. Uh, one of the pieces of advice that I can give is make sure you make it fully yours as if you created it from scratch. Um, because you need to own that thing. Like it's your baby, because if it isn't, uh, you're going to go down and you're not even going to go down on your own ship. You're going down on someone else's ship. (laughs) Oh man. I, what I, what I do think is interesting is I, I think a good hack here before you go buy a business would be to, you know, put aside 50, a hundred bucks and run ads to their Facebook or like through Facebook to the, the site itself and just see if you can get conversions that way, you know, like that might be a, an approach to it. Um, I, I would just say like, do all the work before you have to pay for any of it, if you can, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's an actually an interesting concept because it's something that I've been reading a lot more into uh, because it's pre-launch. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm starting yeah. a new business and a lot of other businesses that I've read about, they start off by doing pre-launches and they kind of create a landing page. They got the site ready, run some ads and you don't spend a ton of money. You don't buy the product yet. You look at running those ads and seeing what kind of interest that you can gain. And that way you have an email list ready to go and you actually can gauge the market to be like, oh, well, how interested are these people? It's almost like crowdfunding before you actually mm-hmm. put it on a crowdfunding platform. So yeah, it's definitely a great thing to think about there. So, I mean, as things slowly moved over time, we saw the pandemic slow down a little bit. I don't know, maybe it's gone up a little bit now (laughs) (laughs) since before, but um, yeah, I mean, things picked up in society. Um, Gyms were opening up and you know, even the teachers that we had on board, they were kind of doing their own thing with their own fitness programs in person so things were slowly changing and evolving with the business and this was definitely frustrating because um you know we saw that there was an opportunity the opportunity didn't come to fruition and it made us start thinking about like okay well we do we pivot here do we change into certain categories that are lesser known like we thought about doing pre and postnatal uh fitness and yoga and, you know, I, that wasn't me. I didn't understand it. And 
not sure if you understand it, Nick. <laughs> no. <laughs> I but, gained a few pounds, but I, I don't think I can relate to that yet. <laughs> but it was an opportunity. And I think that's the biggest thing. We saw it as an opportunity because of, you know, the different people that we've been connected with and we saw the market and it made sense. Like pregnant women pre and post will probably want to be at home and, you know, do that thing. So we tried to get into it couldn't make it happen we did connect with a few teachers but we thought it was a great opportunity uh, i actually have a friend who is doing his own yoga thing now he had his own yoga studio and i mentioned this to him and he's like yeah this is actually awesome my wife uh is practicing that anyways so great opportunity for him uh hopefully it works out for him um but i definitely told him how hard this experience <laughs> you and i had so good luck buddy <laughs> um, and I think one of the other things was from the start, we were always working backwards and we were in the arrears. And so we always thought, hey, if we did a few moves here and there, it could dramatically change things around. But, you know, after exhaustively trying for months and months to turn things around, new teachers, new social media, trying different partnerships, connecting with HR and like talking to our uh, potential partnership with FabFitFun, which actually we just spun our wheels and didn't go anywhere because they kept saying, yeah, you know, we're interested. Let's keep talking. We had a meeting maybe every like two months or every month and a half uh, after following up with them. And they said that they're interested, but it's like, it just never happened. Yeah. And I, I think that was demoralizing. Yeah. I, I think also part of this is, uh, you know, as we're going, uh, well, like members are slowly churning as will always happen. Right. Um, and we're, we're not really getting like the replacement rate isn't quite there. So we're, we're like net losing members and then we're like decreasing the amount of classes. Right. So over time we did slowly, I think we almost like hit net even at one point. Um, but not for good reasons. Right. Yeah. And you, you keep that tracker of like, okay, we need like 40 more members and we're, we're break even. And then like a week later, you're like 43 more members. And then a week later, you'll be like 35 members. And we'll just look at and go like 35. Interesting. What happened? Oh, a teacher quit. So we're paying out less. I'm like, okay, well, shit, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a kind of a crazy experience there. And uh, so we're thinking, you know, partway through, we gave ourselves some runway and said, okay, you know, if this doesn't work out, let's just try and flip it and, and resell it. And so we went through that process of going back to microquire, um, look at the valuations based on what our MRR was. And, um, you know, we saw that like, you know, the MRR that some of the other companies had, comparatively speaking to what we had. And so we put it up for sale. We put it up for sale for about $40,000. And the weird thing is we put it up for sale and we got 20 to 25 responses within the first day, which is insane. <laughs> but, you know, after that happened and I responded to every single one of them and, set, and tried to set up a time, everybody was a looky-loo. It's like crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I guess, you know, there's just more people on the platform now that are purchasing it and they're interested in buying a business that, you know, they're contacting everyone just trying to get information and then scattering through that kind of stuff. 
maybe that's just something that they do for fun now. Like, you know how people go out and go to Zillow and look for a home and they're searching through a home. <laughs> maybe that's what they're doing. Like, yeah. oh, this is a good opportunity. Oh, this is a good opportunity. But they're not serious about it. They're yeah. just looking. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a good point. I haven't thought of it in the Zillow context, but uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, most people do, right? They're, I know friends who have been browsing for a house for like three years. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> like, a, I'm that friend. I, <laughs> yeah, I just always look. <laughs> always looking, never going. <laughs> so yeah, like we put it up you know, lots of looky loos. Um, you know, eventually we try to bring it down to a certain point that we thought was reasonable based on the amount of effort and time that we would need to pass it on. Um, yeah, we connected with a few people, had a few calls, but it just didn't work out. And I think it got to the point where we thought it wasn't really worth it to continue putting effort into this and working with someone else to get this going. Um, you know, we were both, Nick and I were both on like a different path where we were passionate about other things. And I think sometimes it's okay to let go and move on and try other things. You know, we always feel like, hey, we need to get something back in return for that and spend a certain amount of money. But really, we didn't lose that much money. We did lose some time, but we we gained a lot of insight. Um, we learned a lot of knowledge. We created a closer bond of our uh, partnership and how we know each other more. And I think we're better for that experience and it'll definitely help us in actual future endeavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. We also made a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But you know, like all in, maybe we spent 15 grand total, 20 grand total, something like that. Yeah. Um, dude, I would pay that to, to be like, Oh yeah. You know, I have a buddy who's like, you know, I totally vetted. I would work with them again. You know, awesome. And like for launching a business, like I know who's one of the first people on, I mean, when I launched the newsletter, you were, I think one of the first people I talked to about it where I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. Does this seem interesting to you? Yeah. Um, I think that's super valuable. Yeah. I think we gain like insight, a lot of insight into who we each are and what we're passionate about and what we can help each other with. And I think that's a big thing. Um, you know, if I ever have a problem with developing, <laughs> I know who to go to, <laughs> but actually you introduced, like I said, in the last podcast, you introduced me to crypto. I'm actually deep into crypto now. So yeah. Like I'm so proud you, yeah, like before you tell me about, um, liquidity pools and I'm like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. And you know, the only thing that I bought was Ethereum. Now I'm like DeFi deep, <laughs> like staking, liquidity pools, doing DAOs. Like, oh man, it's, it's gross. <laughs> I love it. You'll you'll reach out to me and you're like, have you checked out this DAO? They have twenty eight thousand percent. It's you know, it's only going to last for a little while. But if you, I'm like, you've gone full degenerate. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there's some experiences that we want to pass on to everyone um, because I know there's a ton of people out there who are trying to buy a business. Uh, but probably also trying to create a business, which we've done both. So here is some advice from us. One, know your numbers from that company really well and understand them. Like, okay, you can look at the MMR and see your monthly reoccurring revenue and see, okay, how much money is coming in? But do you really know how much money you need to put into this in order to make this work? So before you do that, make sure you know what those numbers are. 
Uh, if it's profitable right away, okay. If it's profitable right right away, why is someone trying to leave the company? What's what else is wrong with the company if they're they're saying like, yeah, I'm making a hundred k a month in revenue and forty percent is profit, so you're making forty thousand. Why are they walking away from this? Um, and you know, one of the second things I'll talk about is the business. Make sure it really reflects you. And I, and I talked about this earlier. Um, you know, for me. I know that in order for a business to work for me, I need it to truly embody who I am and that I really understand it and enjoy it. I know Nick really enjoys crypto. And that's why he writes about it. Um, for me, when I built the, the Dimensions Art Gallery here in Vancouver, I was really passionate about it because one for one, like I wasn't a, an art connoisseur or anything, but I loved the art that it that it did. I love my experience of going to another gallery that did something similar. And I knew... Vancouver needed something like this. So that's why I created it. So oh, Nick and I both love fitness. Maybe we weren't at home fitness people. And the crazy thing is sometimes you need to be very passionate about that specific thing because if you aren't, you're not willing to really die with that. And sometimes that's where you need to go. You need to go to your deepest place in order to make a business strive is you know, do whatever it takes. And, you know, that wasn't us for this. Yeah. That's really good insight. There's, there's points in time where it's like, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And if you're, if you're not in there all the way, it's uh, it just slips away. Yeah. And finally, the last thing that we'll say is sometimes it's not always best to buy a business. I know there's this huge trend. I don't want to call it a fad, because I don't know if it is a fad, but there's tons of talk and tons of people saying, you know, I'm going to go out and buy this business. I'm interested in buying this business, but do you really want to buy that business? I mean, I think there's good points about buying a business is because, um, you know, there's an existing foundation that's there. It's already going right now and you can kind of take over. Um, but there's certain elements to it that are missing. So like, Nick is creating his own brand right now. I'm creating my own brand, but we could have built that story from scratch. Um, and I think there's something that can be said about building a business from scratch and actually having that DNA all over your business rather than taking over a business. And I just feel a sense of accomplishment and pride when I'm building something, thinking, okay, well, I'm going to learn from this experience. Um, you know, I put this into the company and this is why I'm doing it. So, you you know, even if you are doing way more stuff when you're creating a business from scratch, uh, you're going to get a ton of experience. You know, you're going to get a ton of experience from buying a business, but you're going to get a ton of experience from building from scratch. And sometimes that might be better than picking up where someone else left. But at the end of the day, that's up to you. I would say like the biggest educator for both of us is experience trying it out and actually doing it. So you know, don't listen to us, go figure out what you want to do and try it. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better. I, I mean, ultimately like you pay a bunch of money to go get a degree. Like if you spend 40 grand to go get a degree, you're not going to learn as much as if you build a website, completely fail and end up losing 20 grand. Right. Yeah. For sure. You make it so nice to <laughs> fail. <laughs> <laughs> glorifying failure yeah nice <laughs> I, I don't know man i'm a fan of it i uh i think you just 
you keep failing until one day uh, you mess up and you stop failing and you're like, okay, well, it'll come, it'll come eventually. <laughs> I don't think you ever saw failing to be honest with you. There's always things like when I'm, mm. you know, we'll talk about this in another episode about like a throwback day where we talk about all of our past failures, but I think you're always just learning and you're always becoming yeah. better. There's just so many things that you can learn. Like you're learning SEO right now. It's hard, but uh, you know, there's certain things that you're going to fail on it. You know, I suck at writing emails to like customers, but I'm going to just keep brushing up on it and trying to figure it out because that's an important thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I hope everyone has uh, enjoyed our behind the scenes of ClassCast our first experience buying a business from last year. It is now January, 2022. It's a new year. We're going to try new things. We're going to let you know how everything's going to go with it. And hopefully we're actually consistent with telling you uh, building in public with what's going on with it and some news and updates. Um, it seems like blockchain, DeFi, crypto, and all this stuff is like a huge trend and, Nick's really involved. I'm pretty involved too. And we'd love to talk to you guys more about it. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to talk about, you know, not only buying and building businesses, we're also going to talk to you about buying crypto and building up your portfolio. (laughs) So get prepared people. It's a new age. Buying and building and leveraging and shorting. And (laughs) all right, cool. Um, uh, for uh, all those super fans who joined us, we really appreciate you. We love you. We know we haven't dropped an episode for like two months now, but you've stuck around and you're listening to it right now. Thank you. We really love you. And until the next one, thank you. You can find more episodes and a link to the community of Buy and Build Podcast at buybuildpod.com. Remember to like, rate, and share with your friends on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Join us again next week as we continue our journey. We'll see you in the next one.